So you only have a couple of choices. How you make these decisions is super important. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Shout out to everyone who's been rating and reviewing this podcast. Our five-star reviews keep going up, so if you're on this app listening to this podcast, please just go and give the star rating if you can. Hopefully, it's a five-star. Hopefully, you're enjoying this podcast, but it helps us reach more people. Anyway, let's get into this podcast or this chat. So look, how do you deal with being stuck in life? That's really the key thing. When most people are stuck in life and they don't know what to do and they're scared and they're afraid or they're not getting the results that they want, one of the most common, most attractive things to do is to contract, is to not make decisions, is to play afraid, is to go back to what you know and to play safe. The problem is that most people don't realize that playing safe is one of the most unsafe things that you'll ever do. Because what people call safety isn't safety, it's familiarity. When I think about life, getting healthy is safe, but it's uncommon. So therefore, when you're under stress, it seems like that's the hard option, but it's actually the safe option. Most people consider that's unsafe. And what I mean by that is that when you try to get healthy, you've got to spend more money, you've got to invest more in your health, you've got to look after your diet and so on. But most people go, oh, that's too hard, that's complicated. Okay, cool. And just keep doing what you're doing. Then when it comes to financially, a lot of people say, well, you know what? The safest thing is that I do what everybody else does, which is predictable. So most people, they buy a house, especially in Australia. They buy a house, they get married, they have kids. Maybe they've got a university degree or a trade. And then now they are stuck in this lifestyle like everybody else. But if you just look around, my question is how many of those people are thriving and are living life as though they're safe and are comfortable and enjoying themselves and are crushing results? The truth is probably hardly any. So when you reverse the idea, right? And, and if we say like safety is doing what everybody else does, right? Because that seems familiar. It seems comfortable. Humans do things that are familiar to them and, and they feel are most comfortable and then they label it as safe. But the truth is that that's the most unsafe way of living because if we flip it around, we go, how many of those people are completely fulfilled in their life at the moment? Probably not many. How many of them are financially independent? Probably none. How many of them, if you ask them what their dream is, what their mission are, how many of them are actually achieving it or on track? Probably hardly any. Then when you say how many of them are stressed out financially, how many have intimate relationship pressure because they're stressed about money, they're stressed about the way that they feel, they don't feel like they're good enough, they don't feel like they're smart enough, they're insecure, they don't know how to communicate effectively? Probably most of them. How many of them are in a great rate range for their age, extremely healthy, fit, and look really good as they age? Probably half, maybe less. Cool. How many of them have great relationships with their family, as in high quality relationships, not where they fit in and do what everybody else is doing, but where they're pushing the boundaries and they're leading their family and showing them the way? Probably not many. So when we look at their life as a whole, it might seem like it's familiar and it's comfortable and it's safe to do what everybody else does. 
But when you look at it from a perspective of life and lifestyle, you realize that most people don't have their life figured out. They're not on track. They don't enjoy what they're doing. They can't go on holidays. They can't send their kids to the school that they want. They have financial pressure and stress all the time. They have communication issues in their relationship. Their relationship's probably falling apart at some point. They probably do things like consume alcohol, drugs, party, all of that. And then if you look at their debt record, they're probably jacked up to the eyeballs on debt, which is non-productive debt. I'm a huge fan of debt, but I'm a huge fan of debt for investment purposes where you're returning an income or a positive income, or you're using it for some form of gearing in order to create a greater future. What I don't think is good debt is the way most people operate, where they chuck shit on credit card, which is depreciating, that makes them feel good in the moment, but then it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. Going out and buying new cars, not a good investment. I'm not saying don't buy new cars, but what I'm saying is make enough money so that you can buy a new car and not have to stress about the debt because it doesn't matter. When we look at that, the most safe option in society is the most familiar option, but the most familiar option is dog shit and it's completely unsafe if you look at it from a different angle. When I was younger, I saw that and I went, there's no way that I want to live that lifestyle. There's no way I feel that that's safe. And so for me, rocking up every day and risking what I need to risk in order to live the life that I want, investing in growth, my own personal growth, hiring mentors, hiring coaches, studying, learning, having good people around me, that's an investment. Living a great lifestyle where it makes me enthusiastic to want to go and push hard in life. All of those things are the things that are a great investment to me. So I invest in those things. That's all the things that most people think are stupid or they wish that they could do, but will never do. You know, I get asked every week, how did you get to where you got to? And I said, I invested every cent that I had in myself, my own learning, my own personal development, my mindset. And they go, oh yeah, but like, what else? And I'm like, that's it. That's what I did. I invested every fucking cent that I had for probably the first 10 years of my business career, my career into that from 19 to about 31. I invested everything that I had into as much growth as I possibly could. And then what happened was at 31, I made my first million dollars. Then the last nine years, I haven't made less than a million dollars, right? Because it's just, that's where I'm at, right? Because that's the level of my mindset. I don't perceive myself anything less than a millionaire. And so that's what it takes. And then people are like, yeah, but what's the strategy? Like, how do you get ahead? How did you build your business? I'm like, if you don't get your mindset, you're not going to get the rest of it right. So you've got to do something that's different. But then they're like, yeah, but I've been watching all this. And I'm like, shut up. I know you've been watching all that stuff. You've been watching TikToks and whatever. But the thing is that the real truth is that you have to build yourself. Your value always comes down to you. So when you're under pressure, when you're under stress, and the reason why I keep saying that mindset is the differentiator is because when you look at it, when you're in a stressful phase in life, the first thing that you're going to want to do is to contract. You're going to want to contract back down to a level that you can manage. I've had to train Jess on this the last 10 years, the last decade. I have spent training Jess how to not think like this. Her family are farmers. She grew up on a farm. There was a drought. That drought meant that she had pet lambs, right? She had lambs as pet, pet sheep. Now, her dad gave them to her because he would help her raise them, and then they would take them to the markets and stuff and sell them, and then she would get a little bit of money. So he was teaching her about money and finance and hard work. But what Jess viewed was that during the drought, her parents stressed about money because they had the farm, they had debt and all that sort of stuff. So they had all this financial stress. Her dad was working his ass off all the time to just try and keep their family's head above water. So now she has this negative relationship around money, right? When I met her. Then her lambs, when she remembers back, there's this drought. There's no water. 
which means then there's not enough feed for the lambs or for the sheep and all the other cattle and everything that they had. The wheat wasn't growing. And so essentially all she saw was she has this negative feeling, this negative connotation to struggling financially. And so she sees her family are upset. It might cause some arguments. It might cause some financial pressure in the family. So she grows up feeling that as a young girl. Then not only that, but her lambs essentially starved to death. So every day she knew that she couldn't feed or her family couldn't feed the lambs because they didn't have the money to be able to feed the lambs. And so the lambs died, essentially. They starved to death. And so Jess comes into our relationship and life, into her adult life, thinking that the purpose of hard work is that you make money and that you save every single cent for a rainy day, that it could be bad. There could be this atrocity and that she remembers all the pain and the feeling and the struggle from that time in her younger years. And so sometimes now our garden has sprinkler systems and everything on. And so when it rains, Jess will walk outside and make sure she turns all the sprinkler systems off around the house. Because for her, wasting you know, 10 to 15 minutes of water watering the lawn to her is like, it could be horrific because she ran out of water. Her family could survive, but everything else died because they didn't have water at their house. So for her, she's always like, got to save water, got to save water. Because on the farm, they don't have mains water, like, you know, residential areas. They essentially have big tanks of rainwater. And when the rainwater runs out, you have no more water. And they have a dam. When the dam runs out, there's no more water on the farm. So she still has that same ingrained philosophy in her head that when you run out of water, there is no water, everything dies. So she goes out and turns the tap off, even though we're on mains water and there's plenty of water and whatever. She will go out and turn the tap off. And then she forgets to turn it back on and our lawn dies. So we might have two or three days of 40 degree weather and then 35, 38 degree weather here in Adelaide. And all of our lawns are dying and I can't figure out what the fuck's going on. And then I realize that all of our sprinkler systems are turned off just because we had three minutes of rain and Jess walks outside and turns the sprinklers off. So she has that natural tendency to want to conserve because for her, conservation is safety. It's protection. But then what happened was she would work and she wouldn't spend a cent. She would literally go to the cheapest shop and she would buy clothes because it's better off to have a stack of money in the bank than to spend money and not have it in a rainy day. She would not buy stuff for herself and not look after herself because it's better off to have money than not have that money for a rainy day. So when we first started our business together, so I started the business and then Jess quit her career and then came and worked in the business. Now, the first year we really struggled a lot, like we we're eating baked beans and eggs and we were really struggling. And I'd used up all of my money from what I'd saved as a personal trainer. And then we were living off of her savings, right? So it was pretty rough. But bills were stacking up and she would get so stressed out. So once again, it reinforces this negative feeling around money and not having enough safety and survival. But even when our business started to grow and we started to make more money. So when we started to make you know, millions, she would still be conservative. She would be massively conservative. So I would say, look, I need to go out and I'm going to go hire this coach. And she'd go, oh, look, we don't have the money this month for this. That was a natural response. We don't have the money for this. And then on the months where we'd be a little bit tight, she would go, right, we've got to get rid of this. We've got to cut our Netflix. We've got to get rid of our credit card. We've got to do this. We've got to cut that back. You know, you can't spend money here. We're not going out for dinner for the next month. And so she would naturally contract into a level that she could manage. Whereas I was the opposite. When I don't have money, my goal is to expand. When you don't have money, you grow. You have to grow. And so I would be the opposite. But for her, it scared the living shit out of her. 
So over the years, I have had to retrain her that in life and in nature, things expand or things contract. Nothing stays the same. So when you're financially challenged, if you're not thinking about expansion, you're going to contract back to the level that you can manage. Now, you can only save enough to live minimally. So like if I think about this, right? So if we have a bad month this month, I could sell my cars. Cool. So that gives us some money. But then eventually you'll spend that money and then you go, okay, cool. Well, what do we do now? Well, we can cut our lifestyle back. So we can stop going out for dinner, stop going out for lunch. Okay, so we contract that back. Okay, well, we can stop traveling. Okay, so we cut that back. Then now life becomes very mundane and very boring and monotonous. So I lose my energy. I lose my enthusiasm. I'm not really that excited to work anymore because it's tough. There's no real enjoyment in my life because everything that I enjoyed, I've cut away. And then we get rid of the credit card, which is probably a smart thing for most people to do because they can't handle money effectively, right? They don't have the mindset to be able to handle money effectively. That's why most finance gurus say, get rid of your credit card. If you're smart with money, credit cards are amazing. Like I go and buy shit all the time on the credit card, but because I do everything on the credit card, we earn all these extra points and then I use those points to buy shit that I want for around the house and, and so on. So it's great for us, but we always pay back down the credit card every month, boom, 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 pay it back down to zero. Because then you don't get all the interest and all the other bullshit with it as well. And you don't get stuck in this debt cycle. And humans, 90% of humans, 95% of humans will always spend as much money as they have. So you give them an extra $20,000 and they earn $80,000 a year. Now they spend $100,000 a year. But now they're 20 grand behind and then they've got to pay the interest repayments and all that stuff. And so all they end up doing is paying the interest repayments and never paying down you know, the lump sum of the debt. That's how most people live, right? So that can be really, really tough for a lot of people. They get stuck in that cycle. For me, I had to explain this to Jess that every time we have a challenge, you have to expand. You don't contract. And so we got in the habit. Jess has been great lately, especially the last couple of years, because she's got in the habit of when we're in rough times, it's like, okay, cool. We don't have enough clients. We need to spend more money on marketing and we need to invest more in sales and we need to invest more in our customer base. Bang, we grow to that next level. What most people do is they would contract. We don't have enough money. We need to cut marketing expenses, cut sales and cut what we're spending on our customer base but they contract back down to a level that they can manage. And you can only contract down to zero. Whereas in growth, there's infinite upside. So infinity is the limit. And infinity, there is no limit. So if I keep making more money, I can just keep going forever. The more money I make, the more money I can spend. That can go forever. If you cut costs, you can only cut costs to zero, right? So if your expenses are $20,000, you can only cut 20 grand. That's it. Whereas on the upside... You can make 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, 800,000, 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million, 100 million, billion, 2 billion, 5 billion, 100 billion, you know, whatever. There's unlimited upside. So most people naturally contract. They do what everybody else does and they let their past in the way that they grew up dictate how they operate through growth. So the key is to expand. And that's what I've been training Jess on, expand. So now when we have a phase where we're stuck, Jess will come to me and go, how do we grow out of this? And that's what you should be thinking. If you're ever stuck in life, the first thing should be, how do I grow out of this? Not, how do I contract back? Because when you contract back, you get stuck again. Now, that doesn't mean don't go through all your bills and shit and look at them and cut non-essential expenditure. When we need more money, the first thing that I don't think about, I don't think about going and cutting my Netflix off. Fuck, it's not that much money. Like, I don't worry about that. But what I will do is I go, okay, cool, look. Instead of spending all this money on stupid shit, I'll cut back on that, right? So instead of going out for dinner seven nights a week, maybe we'll just go out for dinner three nights a week or one night a week. Like that doesn't cut my lifestyle and make my life shit. It just means I'll enjoy more cooking at home and maybe 
Jess and I can hang out more and cook dinner together. So we're still working on our relationship. We're enjoying ourselves. Those are the things that are important, right? So you don't have to cut lifestyle back to zero where you're struggling because the way you feel about life is the way you live life, right? That's super important. I'll say that again. The way you feel about life is the way you live life. If you feel like you're trapped in life, you'll live life like you're trapped. If you feel like you're poor, you're always going to live life like you're poor. So now I'm not saying go out and blow all your cash because that's also stupid. If you feel like a rich person, but you're not a rich person, you might feel like a rich person, but you haven't earned the right for that yet. And so you essentially lose all your money and you'll learn a very valuable lesson, which is don't live outside of your means too far. You need to expand, but don't expand beyond your means. Like I don't go out and borrow half a billion dollars to put into my business growth because if I do that, I just lose all my money because I'm I'm not prepared for that yet. I don't have the team. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have all that stuff yet to scale at that rate. Hey, Driven Mofos, if you ever want to have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. So when you're at a level where you're stuck or where you're struggling in life, the best thing that you can do is commit decide, expand, and watch what happens. You'll start dominating. So my philosophy is always commit, expand, dominate. Commit, expand, dominate. Commit, expand, dominate. You commit to what you want, you expand into it, and you dominate the marketplace or you dominate in that area of life. What you do not do is you do not contract back down to it. Right? Most people will always go back to what they can manage and most people can't manage much because of their mindset. Mindset's the key. That's why I keep saying, work on your mindset, change your life. Change your mindset, change your life. The more you invest in your own personal growth, the more valuable you become as a person, the more you'll know how to drop the hammer on these things. That's why now, if I need $50,000, I don't stress about it. I just go out and I make 50 grand. Because even at the time, if I'm pressing every button, there is a hundred different things that I can do to, to get that money. Because of all the skills that I've developed throughout the years, because of the mindset that I have, knowing that I can make it work. Whereas for most of you out there, you don't have that mindset. You haven't earned that right and you haven't developed the skill sets yet. And so naturally what will happen is you'll just contract back down to the level that you can manage. Every time you do that, you're going to have to build yourself back to where you're at today. So I'll give you an example. If you're here today, let's say you're at the level of lifestyle that you're playing at, then the shit hits the fan in life or in business and you contract. You contract back down. You start making smaller decisions. You become more afraid. You're more fear-driven. So you contract back. You become less of a person. You start operating out of fear and desperation. Then because of that, your lifestyle contracts a little bit. Your business contracts a little bit. The way you operate contracts. So your thinking contracts again. Your emotions start shifting and you allow negative emotions that are more contraction emotions to dominate the way you feel every day. So you rock up every day feeling less of a person and then you expect to grow out of that. You expect to go back to the lifestyle that you're at. It's going to be hard again. So now from there, you have to go back out to the world, try to convince everybody else that you're crushing it in life, that you're doing great, that you feel good about yourself, that you feel good about life, and that everything's going okay, because it's hard to sell when you're desperate. If you're a business owner and you're hiring staff and you're desperate, you normally always hire shit staff, right? So desperation is not good. Desperation is a stinky thing, and most people stink of it. So most people contract, then they get to a point, and they start getting themselves back on track. It might take them 3, 6, 12, 24 months. And they're like, cool, now I'm starting to feel safe again. I'm starting to feel comfortable. They grow back to the level that they were at before. It just took them 12 months. So they contracted, and then now it's taken them 12 months to get back to that same level. 
Then the shit hits the fan. They contract back down to the level that they were at previously. They sit there for three, six, 12 months. Then they expand back up to the level that they were comfortable at. And they just stay at that position their whole life. So most of you who are listening to this podcast, you just stay in the same position your whole life, right between where you feel like you want to be, where you're most comfortable, and then you contract back down to a level where you feel the most safe. And then you expand up to a level where you feel comfortable, and then you contract back down to a level where you feel safe. And I guarantee that for 99% of you who are listening to this podcast, the majority of your decisions in life are based on safety and comfort because comfort is your high level and safety is your low level. And that's it. You'll only ever play the game between safety and comfort. But the truth is that comfort is never comfortable. I guarantee you right now, if I said to you, would you work your ass off, make a lot of unsafe decisions where you push and expand out of all the problems, out of all the challenges, and you always make shit work? If I said to you right now, you need to pay $20,000 and I'm going to coach you on how to grow. And you're like, yep, let's do it. If you were prepared to do that right now, you were probably at a level to grow to the next level. If I said $20,000 and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not ready for that. Like I want to do it. And then I go, right, got a $3,000 product. And you're like, oh man, I need to think about it. Then I'm like, cool, I got a $47 product. And you're like, oh yeah, man, send me the details and I'll check it out. And then you take three months to decide. That's because right now you're playing right in between your safety and your comfort zone right? You want to be safe enough to have all the money and to have the lifestyle and to have everything. You want to have everything figured out before you move. And then when you're in a comfort zone, you don't need to change because you're comfortable. That's how most people live. I guarantee you right now, your whole life is probably based around safety and survival or comfort, which is the same reason why most people want to pay off their home because it makes them feel safe. It's not the smartest thing to do. Now, if you've got a good strategy, like if you've gone to a financial planner who's really, really good and you work with a good accountant and you have a strategy for financial abundance and they say pay off your home for all these other reasons and you can use the debt and the equity for other things, you got a game plan. That's smart. But most people are like, I just want to pay off my home. Why? Oh, I just want to retire. Okay, cool. You're playing for safety. That's it. You just want to feel safe. And because you feel safe, you believe that it'll make you feel comfortable. I can tell you right now, there's nothing better than hopping on a plane and you're the first one on the plane and you're flying business class and they walk around and they give you sparkling water and they give you a rug and the bed lies down and you can have a sleep for you know, your 14 or your 15 hour flight. There's nothing that makes you feel safer than that. Then when you're at home and you go fill up your car, there's nothing safer than when you can just chuck the Bowser in and you don't even check the price. I could not tell you the fuel price because I haven't checked it for years. I just don't know about it right? I put fuel in the car and I walk inside and I pay for it. I don't even think about the cost of fuel. I don't think about the cost of groceries. I don't think about it because I have enough money coming in because of the way that I consistently operate by expanding into challenges, by expanding into problems. Now, some of you right now, this is making you judge me and feel uncomfortable. That tells you at the level that you're playing at. I'm not judging you for your decisions, but you probably judging me for my decisions and thinking, oh, well, it's lucky you're lucky and, and you know, you're gloating, but I'm not gloating. I'm just saying, that most people's comfort zone is not comfortable at all. It is not comfortable. If you're thinking about paying off your home and retiring, your life is shit. And it's always going to be shit. Because maximum growth in life and maximum experience in life comes from maximum growth. And so if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not expanding, you're contracting. And you want to pay off your home and be comfortable so that then you can sit at a steady level in life that makes you feel safe. But at the same time, everything around you is going to start to fall apart. Because life is going to force you to grow. 
And you know this because if you don't wake up every day and create your own adversities, life gives you adversity so that you can then overcome it. Safety is not the goal of life and nor is comfort. The goal of life is growth. Everything in nature grows or dies. Nothing stays the same. Everything in the universe from a quantum scale right up to a cosmological scale, from the smallest things that humans know exists right up to the biggest things that humans know exist. Everything is in a phase of expansion or contraction. And so if you're not in an expansion phase in life, you're in a contraction phase. So if your goal is to retire and stay comfortable, you won't be comfortable because you're in a contraction phase. If I retire with 100 grand, right? Let's say I got 100 grand in superannuation or in, in savings or whatever, that savings only goes down over time. So therefore, I'm not in an expansion phase, I'm in a contraction phase. Unless you have millions of dollars in investments, you're probably in a contraction phase if you're retiring. And most people's goal in life, especially in the middle class, is to work really, really hard, feel shit your whole life while you work doing something that you don't enjoy, while your whole goal is to retire so that you can be comfortable. And so your whole life, your whole life experience is uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable at some point in the future. It's crazy. I'm both uncomfortable and comfortable every day. I'm uncomfortable sitting here doing this podcast, but I'm also comfortable doing this podcast because it's what I love to do and I wouldn't do anything else, right? I love this shit. So I've set my life up in a way where I have optimum growth every day. I have both comfort and discomfort. Every day I create my own adversities because I know that if I don't create my adversities, life gives me adversity. So I go out and I create adversities. Going to the gym every day is tough, especially when you're extremely busy. You've got a lot of clients. A lot of people rely upon you. There are days where I used to do this, where I'd go, you know what? I'm not going to go to the gym today. But the adversity comes in when I look in the mirror, I feel like shit about myself. I'm more tired. I struggle more. The same thing happens when I'm not creating my adversity by expanding, using my money to expand. That creates my adversity. If I don't do that, it flips around and I have given adversity where I'm like, shit, I can't pay my bills. So I have external adversity or internal adversity. I would much prefer to expand into problems and challenges and, and chaos and keep pushing hard because now I can control my adversities versus most of you out there. You have adversities given to you. You're struggling financially because you don't want to run into adversity head first. You don't want to do that. You don't want to expand out of your problems. You're contracting back into them. You're playing safe. And you live your whole life playing between safety and comfort. If that's how you want to operate, that's cool. But you're never going to really be comfortable. It's the woman in the red dress that I've spoken about before. It's the analogy that I use, right? It's a distraction, right? If you haven't heard that analogy before, go and watch The Matrix. It's a really important part of that whole movie where the woman walks past and he gets distracted and he looks at her. And when he turns around, there's undercover agents standing right in front of him. And the lesson is that he's being taught is that when you get distracted by things, which is the woman in the red dress, the attractive shit around you, all of a sudden you lose the plot and you'll get caught out. In life, people do that all the time because they start worrying about things like, you know, retirement. Retirement is a delusion. It's a myth of the middle class in Australia. Humans should never retire from anything. If you go back to ancient cultures, they didn't retire. They just exchanged roles. So the hunter would become the noble. So after years and years of being a great hunter and learning all those skills, they then become the noble and they pass it on to the next generation. So they always had a place in society. The problem is now old people, we just chuck them in a home because they're essentially fucking useless and they're not useless. It's just that we don't utilize their skills and their wisdom and their greatness in life. Because back when I was young, we got told to always respect your elders because elders were wise. But then all of a sudden with the schooling system and university and all that shit, we get taught that we don't need to learn stuff from our grandparents and from our family about our history and all of these great noble things. 
We go and learn that from university system. We don't learn that from our parents anymore. We learn that by putting kids in childcare. So essentially childcare and university or schooling system teach us about life and how to live. Yet the people who are teaching us have never really lived or potentially never even had a life. I have family members who are teachers and they haven't really done that much shit with their life, right? That's fine though. Like if they're teaching algebra and mathematics, cool. But at the same time, they've never used those skills to create anything apart from they finished school, they went to university, learned how to be a teacher, and now they teach people the things that they've learned at university and that's it. So they're just an educator. They've never really passed on those skills and learned things. So our whole society has lost the plot a little bit. So people now, they work hard, want to retire because they think retirement is the goal of life because that then creates freedom. But the thing is that when you create that freedom, now you're trapped for the rest of your life because you're in a contraction phase and you probably won't get out of it, right? You've just committed the ultimate adultery in life where now you're just committing the cardinal sin. You have to have a purpose in life. You have to have a mission. You have to keep growing. And many great people do that. My grandmother, she's never worked a job but she was a stay-at-home mum. But when my grandfather was around, my grandfather was the sole income earner. Now, he worked hard. My grandmother, her role in that relationship dynamic, which you get to choose whether you believe in this or not, but she was the person who kept the household structured. But she also structured and managed the finances. So my grandfather would earn the money and he would invest, but my grandmother would always watch over it, check the incomings and outgoings. So she became very financially savvy. And her and my grandfather would sit down every morning, listen to the share report and invest. And now she's 84 years of age, I think. She's 84. She's super witty. She's super fucking smart. I love sitting down with her and having a chat because she knows what's going on in the financial markets. She knows what's happening with shares. She knows what's happened in politics. She's all over that shit because she wakes up in the morning, watches all the media, knows what's going on, invests money. She's very wise. She's very smart. And then she spends the rest of the day going out and hanging out with friends and doing stuff. She's still expanding financially. At 84 years of age, she's still expanding financially. Now, she thought about that from a young age because I've spoken to her about it. She said, I always knew my place in the household because we discussed it and we created an arrangement between myself and my grandfather, who's passed away now, where he was the sole income earner, but his responsibility was earning the money. Her responsibility was making sure that the money gets managed and also managing the household. And that's the agreement that they came up with. That worked fucking fantastic for them because they had four kids. The kids have all gone to university apart from my mum because she had me at 17 and my grandmother's still witty. My other grandparents though, on my dad's side, they both worked low income jobs. They spent every single cent that they had. They worked their whole entire life, put money into superannuation or the retirement fund. They retired and then after they retired, their whole life just fell apart because they had no money. So they had to live off of the pension, which is government handouts every week. They live very frugally because they had to, they couldn't afford shit. They would still spend every cent that they had, but they essentially passed away with no money, not being able to do anything that they want to do in life. My grandmother, on the other hand, the one who invests in shares and everything like that, she still travels the world. She goes on cruises all the time. Last year, she was like in Norway and shit with a whole group of other oldies and stuff who all go away together and, and all that. She's still enjoying life. You know, I catch up on family functions with her. She's fucking amazing, super smart. I wish she looked after her body as well as she looked after her mind because her body's falling apart because she doesn't exercise and she doesn't health-wise, she does okay, but not, I wouldn't say that she's healthy. But her mindset is phenomenal because she trains it all the time. Her philosophy is use it or lose it. But for her, she only uses her mindset. She doesn't use her body, which is why she's losing her physical body. But at the same time, she's kept her mindset really, really sharp. So look, you need to expand or commit, expand, 
dominate. Commit, expand, dominate. Commit, expand, dominate. That's what you need to do. So anytime you're struggling, just remember, commit, expand, dominate. If it's in the area of health, commit to better health, expand into learning more, into growing more, into developing the skills and the habits, and then just dominate your health. If you want to have a great relationship, commit to the relationship, expand in the relationship by developing communication skills and all these other skills, and then watch what happens. You will dominate in your relationship. And I don't mean that like you don't dominate your partner, but you have an amazing relationship that you're doing way better than most other people. If you want to get ahead financially, commit to it, expand into it, and keep expanding into it, and then just dominate financially. Do the same in your business. Watch what happens. Your life will transform. But you have to break out of that middle class, lower class thinking. Because if you act like them, behave like them, you'll end up like them. And most of the middle class are always in that same position. Like they're very, very predictable. Anyway, I hope this episode helps. If you're not part of my Dominate program, get in there, right? It's $47 US a month. Go and check it out. You can go to my website, michaelmojo.com. There's a whole 12-week section there on wealth creation. There's a 12-week section on mindset. There's a 12-week section on health. And there's a 12-week section on relationships and communication skills. The four key areas of your life, money and wealth, health and vitality and energy, mindset and emotions, and communication and relationships. If you master those four areas and you keep expanding into them, watch what happens. Your life will keep evolving. And at first, it always starts off slow, but it ends up getting faster and faster because you're developing better and better and more capable tools. So just remember, in that program, if you just keep putting in the work, watch what happens. Over three months, you'll grow. Over six months, stuff will start to speed up. Over 12 months, you'll crush it. And then if you keep committed to that and growing in our community, people that I've seen like two or three years ago, they are crushing it because they committed to a longer-term game than the short-term responses that most of you will respond to. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass. Remember to expand, commit, or commit, expand, and then dominate. Have a great day, everyone. Keep kicking ass and go check out Dominate at michaelmojo.com. 